G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the second part of the Extended Bench Podcast. Thanks for joining us again uh, and what we want to do right now is we want to dive right into our new segment. So Brand new. Yeah, brand new. It may or may not work. <laughs> uh, we, are, we call it the Extended Bench Trade Review. So what we want to do is uh, if you guys out there have a really big trade that's been involved in your one of your draft leagues, whether it be Keeper or whether it be a redraft league, we want you to send that on in to us and we'll give it a bit of a review. We'll give you our opinion on it. And well, you see, know who we think wins. Yeah, who we think wins that trade. So we've uh, <laughs> we don't have permission for this necessarily, but in our I actually do have permission for this. Oh, you do. Oh, yeah. lovely. Well, you did more work than I did. So uh, in our keeper league, a pretty big trade happened just over the weekend, which yep. was uh, good to see. Um, and uh, have you got that up? I do. Yes. Yeah. So um, from the one side, we had um, Lockie Whitfield, Dylan Shield, Dom Sheed, Dom Sheed. Yeah. So, Mike Mayfield, Dom Sheed. And a first-round draft pick. Yeah. Um, going to one team and coming back in return, Bryce Gibbs and Dane Zorko. Jeez. So, that is Whitfield, Sheed, and a first-rounder for Gibbs and Zorko. Wow. Go. Jeez. That, that was a huge trade. Oh, yeah. Because wow. I'm big. the commissioner of that league, so I have to approve all of these trades. I was I was shocked when I saw that came through. It it's really, really tough because I know that uh, the team that traded to get Whitfield and Sheed really, really wants younger players, really needs some younger mids. Yeah. Uh, and Dane Zorko isn't that young anymore. He's, He's like 29, 28, 29. Uh, and uh, Gibbs is a big Gibbs is a person to give up. Yeah, he's probably one of the top three scorers this year. Which is why I suppose it was necessary to put a first round draft pick into it, and there are going to be a lot of good youngsters available in next year's draft. So yeah, um, and having given up Gibbs and Zorko for Sheed and Whitfield, he's already got some young guys. So yeah, maybe he's yeah. thinking he doesn't want to go too young. So he's not too fussed about giving up that maybe. first round. What, what do you reckon? Who wins that trade? Gee, so, it's really tough because. I suppose it depends what you think of Dom Sheed, especially. So, okay. Lockie Whitfield, we know his capability, and if he's a defender next year, that's amazing. <coughs> um, uh, so, yeah. for me, looking at it, I think you've got to put yourself in the... It's difficult because the listeners aren't going to know the context of the teams. It's but true. Just true. to explain that, the team that gave up Whitfield and Sheed for Gibbs and Zorko is a good chance to compete this year. Mm-hmm. So, he's gone, all right, I'm going to put a, a massive in into my midfield with Gibbs. Yep. Zorko's a bit underperforming at the moment, but has a huge ceiling and a oh, huge yeah. potential there. Mm-hmm. So and he's beefing up his midfield. And in return, he's giving up Whitfield, who's also a, underperforming at the moment. And he's not going to help him this year because uh, we don't have DPP changes in our league. Exactly, so he yeah. won't be a defender, if he is a defender at all, until next year. So yeah. he's just an underperforming mid at the moment. Yep. Dom Sheed, who is a bit up and down because he's still young. Has potential. Yep. Potential to be really good. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be a fantasy superstar, but he definitely has good potential. So yep. I think that... Um, Tom, who picked up Gibbs and Zorko, mm-hmm. I think he probably wins. Yep. But I, th- I think it, it's close-ish. Yeah, I, I, it would really depend who uh, the other player, uh, Ryan, picks up in the draft next year. Yeah. Because this is a really long-term trade happening. It's almost like the, uh, the Josh Kennedy, the West Coast sort of trade for Chris Judd. You know, you would have said, hell yeah, Carlton win that trade hands down. At like the time. Six, seven now. years ago. But now, you know, Josh Kennedy, dual Coleman medalist, you're just not 100% sure. So, uh, yeah, for now, I would just give the nudge to Tom there after getting Bryce Gibbs and Dane Zorko. But, geez, it's, it's pretty close. Yeah, so, I'd say probably 
60-40. Yeah, so if any of you listeners have any other big trades that you guys have done in your leagues, just send them on through We'd to us. We'd love to hear them. Yeah, and, um, tweet them on through. You and can hear our views on, on yeah. them and see whether you agree. We'll try and pick out an interesting one every week and uh, just uh, see who wins that trade. <laughs> just piss a few people off in the process. Yeah, um, <laughs> probably we, will. We do actually have a fair few other questions on Twitter yes. this week as well to get to. We'll so into those. we're going to jump straight into those. Uh, first one that came through, it was hey, it was from Brody. So uh, guest host last week, and he's just asking, what was better, uh, the podcast last week or Zach Merritt's return to form? Uh, well, I'm definitely going to say Zach Merritt's return to form. There's no question I'm, about that. Well, I'm worried too that if I pump up Brody too much, I'm at risk of losing my seat. So, <laughs> um, definitely going with Zach Merritt from me. Do I? The question is, do I keep you on your toes and say, "Oh, you know, it's a, it was really good," or do I sort of uh, comfort you a little bit? Oh, no, it was a it was a good podcast last week. But Zach Merritt's return to form is the big. Uh, the big thing for me this week, and uh, for me, like we were saying earlier in the podcast, move heaven and earth to get him into your side in the next couple of weeks, because he is, you know, he's got the capability to average one twenty for you this year. Yep, agreed. Um, got a question from Bags. Uh, he's asking, so in my keeper league, I'm looking to throw the kitchen sink at this season, contemplating offering Fiorini, McGraw from Essendon, uh, yep. and maybe Tom Phillips in exchange for Josh Kennedy, JPK from Sydney. And Joel Selwood. Now, is that offering Ooh. too much? I'm a big believer in Fiorini and McGrath. Not sure on Phillips. So, am I selling him? So, he's planning to sell him on a high. Uh, look, there was a bit of a... Uh, uh, it's good, actually. There was a conversation. Yeah, a bit of a conversation on this question already. Uh, and he's just given us a few more helpful details. So, it's a 12-team league. He's got a 5, 6, 1, 5, and 4 emergencies. Uh, and 4 bench. So, pretty deep. Yeah, so that's... Probably about the same depth as ours. Similar depth to our keeper league, um, and he they keep thirteen, so they don't actually keep too many. So their draft mm. much must be very very a lot longer than ours. Yeah, a lot longer than ours every year because we keep uh, we keep twenty out of twenty. Yeah, we keep twenty out of twenty eight. So, uh, oh, that is very very tough actually. So yeah, the you're fact not that keeping that yeah, many. The fact that it's only thirteen keepers really does open this up a little bit more because. You know, maybe Tom Phillips doesn't become an immediate keep for you because I, I, I'm probably a good guy to ask this question to because I own Fiorini, I own Tom Phillips, I own JPK, and I have owned Joel Selwood for the past. Yeah, so you're three the perfect years. person to answer. Um, and this. you own um, Andrew McGrath from Essendon as well. Yeah, and he's been a bit underwhelming this year, but second year blues. Second year blues. Every year going to be good long term. And I honestly don't think. Uh, that he will move away from the defensive line. I think he's going to be a defender for most of his career. I'm a little worried about that, to be honest, but it's too early to tell, really. Uh, right, so, Fiorini, McGrath, and Phillips for JPK, JPK and Joel Ken- Selwood. And Selwood. Absolutely not. No. No chance. For me, the big one is Fiorini. Yeah. I am a massive Fiorini fan. His ceiling is huge. We've seen that in the early games, but also, you know, just he has the ability to find the ball. Uh, and very few players, when they're this young, can just find the ball and get to yeah. the right places. That's what you want to see. Uh, so, no, I'm, I'm too high on Fiorini. I know that you're not a big fan of um, uh, how high his ceiling might be um, in terms of Tom Phillips. But I think that Tom Phillips does have a quite a high I ceiling. I like Phillips. Yeah. Sorry, not you. Uh, Bags. We're talking to Bags. Yeah, oh, no. okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so Bags has also mentioned that he's... Uh, I think you're looking at me. I'm like, no, I like <laughs> Phillips. I think he's great. No, Bags has uh, actually said in another reply, he's not sure uh, about Phillips' ceiling. Uh, so that's why he's planning on selling him on a high. 
Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't think it's a good idea. You're going to get I like rewarded him. in that trade. I like him. And um, one of the people that responded to Bags on Twitter, uh, DT Keeper League. Yeah, good um, on you guys. Yeah, great conversation. And we, I agree with you there. Fiorini has titched tendencies mm-hmm. or uh, capabilities. Yep. He's played 19 games and scored seven tons already. I didn't know that particular stat, but that just reinforces what I feel. He's going to be an absolute fantasy gun moving forward. He, he's a great young player. Um, and the other big thing for me is, uh, why are you trying to really reach out for JPK at the moment? He's, he's not showing anything. He's, yeah. you know, uh, Joel Selwood is doing very, very well. But JPK, he's he's just not performing but well. Selwood always has, his, his years are pretty consistent in terms of he'll have a month or two where he's just unstoppable. And then he'll have a month or two where he, yeah, you, you'd want to bench him because he's not doing anything. Agreed. So Agreed. And Kennedy's kind of the same, except his first half of the year, you want to bench him. And the second half, he's almost unstoppable. So. Yeah. Whereas those other guys, I think there's more upside there. The one thing that makes me maybe reconsider is the fact that you only got 13 keeps at the end of the year, but I think you're probably not going to be that different in points from Phillips and Fiorini Mm. um, versus Kennedy and Selwood, Yeah, which feels really weird to say. I think at the end of the year, uh, the fact that you are Fiorini and McGrath, even with only 13 keepers, both of those will be... Keepers yeah. for me. At Phillips, maybe not quite so much, yeah. but you never know. This could be his breakout year. He has had some good scores. He's at 130. He's just gone 100 again this week. You know, he's, he's a good young player. He's only 21. Um, uh, right, we yeah, yeah, we'll move on to the next one. Another question from Brody, actually. He's asking, will the following guys get DPP status? Uh, Dusty, Whitfield, Zeeble, Ryan Griffin, Bontempelli, uh, Hill, Stephen Hill from Fremantle, mm-hmm. um, and any other candidates we can think of. So, All right. Dusty, Dusty, uh, yes, but maybe not this week. No, maybe not this first round. I think he's a good chance, but um, yeah, I'm. I'm my worry, not sure. my worry is that he will be deserving, but they will choose not to give it to him purely on the fact that he will be too uh, too common. Because I think AFL fantasy want to see a good diversity among teams and they don't want one or like 10 players to be owned by every single person or 15 players to be owned by everyone. Um, So I can see them going, you know, oh, he's like 60-40 defense midfield or 50-50. Nah, he hasn't played quite enough time in defense. So just giving some flimsy excuse for Dusty. Yeah, makes Um, sense. The the other guy on the other hand, uh, talking about Lockie Whitfield, yes, I think he's still played enough at this point. Stand at the moment, I think, yes, he gets defender status. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned during the first half of the pod, though, if he starts playing more time on the wing to try and get away from that damaging role where they are sending lockdown guys to him, that may change. It may, but he's like 65 to 35 or something defensive at the moment. And even because there's only one more week before the DPP changes come out. Yeah. Um, he sh- he's probably going to get it. Just. Be safe. Yeah. Um, Zeeble, I honestly haven't seen I've enough seen, of. I've seen a bit of him and he has played forward a fair bit. Uh, and he's taken a few big marks. <coughs> he's been really good. Uh, but no, no, he really, really hasn't done enough for me to be guaranteed forward status. Yeah, no, Zeeble's probably not quite there for me. Yeah. Ryan Griffin has played one game, yeah, so no, there's no, no way they're giving it. Not a chance. Maybe in the second one if he keeps playing that same role, but not in this first one. They they generally require... They want a few games. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Bont, ooh, Bont is a Very similar to one. Dusty yeah. from the point of view of they might not want to make it too obvious, but he has played a lot of forward time. And also, Bont isn't scoring as high as Dusty this year. So I think that might, uh, where Brody and I talked about it last week, you know, tip the scales and say, oh, he's not a guaranteed in that everyone needs to get. You know, if Dusty's averaging 105 to 110 and he becomes a forward, you need him in your side. Mm. If Bont's going at somewhere around 90 to 95, you don't necessarily need him in, but you know it's it's that good balance. Probably want him in, but yeah. yeah. So uh, Bontempelli, yes, from us, and the other one was uh, Stephen Hill, Hill off halfback, yes, Ye- but not in this first yeah, round. Because, I agree because he did get. Um, I think was it the first round or first two rounds he was injured. I think it might have been he he missed to start the year. Yeah. yeah, so he's missed a couple of games, and generally they want to see a bit before they make a position change. So yeah. if he keeps playing the way he does, he'll get it in the second lot for sure, Brody. Yep. Um, and to be honest, there's no other guys I can think of off the top of my head. No, nah, nobody really jumps out at me, to be honest. They always have those annoying ones where someone gets midfield status, and that's really not as important to us whatsoever. Yeah, actually, you know what's usually a handy way of looking at it mm-hmm. is to see what Ultimate Footy's done. That's true. So I'll see what position yeah. changes they've done. Yeah, have a little bit of a look into that quickly. Um, what I want to do now is I do want to quickly jump into another question from Peter Dimnicky. So uh, he's asked, to yo or not to yo, which is a great <laughs> question. Um, or is it better to get Taranto into the midfield? Uh, yes, for me, uh, for Elliot Yo, you are a question mark. Yeah, probably. Um, I just think Elliot Yo, you're going to need him in your team at the end of the year. And yes, he'll give you a bad score once every little while. But those are filtering out more as he matures um, as an AFL player. So you know, a couple of years ago, it was literally one bad week, one good week. You know, week after week. Yeah. But now it's, it does seem to be one in every six or so that's a really poor game, and the rest of them are just gold. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, or is it better to get Toronto into the midfield? <sighs> no, I'd be happier with Yo. Um, yeah. Toronto's made most of the money that he's going to make, and Toronto's not going to be a keeper. Toronto's definitely not going to be a keeper, and the boat's probably sailed there. Yeah, and we're talking about salary cap, obviously. So, yeah. you know, in a keeper league, you need to hang on to Toronto for DLI. Oh, you never let go of him. But uh, for, in terms of salary cap, he's not going to be a top midfielder or forward at the end of the year, no. I would suggest. Um, how'd you go with those ultimate footy None changes? of them were too exciting. Nah, like Will Hoskin Elliott was one, maybe, yeah. but even then, he's not scoring high. Salem, enough. Sexton. Mm. Nah. Yeah, nothing too exciting. Nah. Uh, we'll move on to a question from uh, uh, Nick, and he's asking, how urgent is it to switch out Crisp? I'm wanting to get some more rookies in, but Crisp scores kill me. Uh, also, who would you trade him up to? So Crisp, I already uh, had a bit of a go at Crisp earlier, and <laughs> he's, he has been truly shocking. I'm, oh, jeez. Yes, I would try and get Crisp out if you've got nothing else to do. Absolutely, if you can. Yep. Move him on. Yeah, I, I, w- I would definitely agree. And who would I trade him out to? Uh, we talked about Seedsman earlier. So I, Crisp is 590,000. Yeah. Um, Seedsman is about 630 or something like that. So Seedsman is 575. So you make 15k. You downgrade that's a Crisp great to option. Love that option. I think that's the perfect that's, choice. That's the front runner for me right there. Um, other potential options. I don't mind Zach Tui's game this year. He's actually been quite consistent. We talked about Shane Savage. Savage earlier. is six hundred and twenty-three, so you're looking at thirty-three thousand to move up to Savage and not thirty-five thousand to go up to Tui. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not too bad at all. Or if you downgrade him to someone, there's no one there that's really jumping out. No, nah, not not necessarily. So, so I think those are your best three options. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those are the guys to have a look at. I mean, I suppose if you're really looking at a cash grab to get somewhere else could maybe go mirror um, and uh, put that cash into some 
uh, some other upgrade. But geez, that'd be a last resort. Yeah, okay. I think so. Um, yeah, no, great, great question, mate. Um, uh, what else? Because his break even's 102, like we talked about yeah. before. Yeah. So you want to move him on? Yeah. Uh, question from Ryan: Which one or two of these guys do you rate the most as a long-term keeper prospect? Uh, Will Hayward, Lockie O'Brien, Jay Gresham, Lockie Fogarty, Florent, and Wayne Millera. Um, <laughs> Millera and Gresham are right out for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, so those two are out. Jeez, uh, it gets so tough on that. O'Brien is one of the two for me. Yeah. Um, I think we spoke in the preseason. I see him as a potential future gaff type player. He's got elite endurance and he's a really good kick, so I can mm-hmm. see him running up and down the wing. Um, just getting plus sixes at will. I think he will be a long-term hold because he's quite a skinny, underdeveloped player. Yeah. Um, and also Carlton have not progressed the way we hoped this year in terms of fantasy scores, yeah, yeah. so they're a bit more of a longer-term team score as well. Look, I'll, uh, I'll let you have one, uh, and I'll have the other one, so that, that, that way we don't get into too much of an argument. So Lockie O'Brien's yours. I'm, I'm a little bit either way on Lockie O'Brien, but I do see what you're saying. Mine is uh, Lockie Fogarty. He is mm. a ball magnet. He is an absolute beast when it comes to the contest. He is going to be a great uh, prospect going forward. You, he's a uh, prospective player, though, because he plays for Geelong, and they've just got so many good midfielders going through there at the yeah. moment. So he's a long-term hold, but it's going to pay off in three, four, five years. Yeah, I think both O'Brien and Fogarty are very long-term holds, but yeah. they're going to be really good players. Um, and number three... Florent. Florent. I still like Florent. So do I. I still rate him. He is a long-term hold, though. Yeah. I think he will come good at some point. Though. Yeah, I, I agree. So, Florent, uh, once they move him off of the, the wing, the half-forward flank, once he gets a bit of a, a bit of bulk about him, yeah. uh, I think he will be a very, very good player. He's another guy that's a good runner, can get the ball, uses it well. Yeah. His under-18s all-star game was amazing. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, we've got a question. Oh, jeez. How... Uh, dating advice. Dating advice. Yeah, the dating advice. Dating advice. AFL has <laughs> said through another. I don't know how this popped up. I'm positive that the guest host Brody last from last week is involved in this in some He's way. He's involved shape, in or, some way for sure. But there's some sort of conspiracy going on. Uh, but dating advice has asked: Has ever, someone ever ignored your messages? And should you expect an apology the next time they see you? That is a weirdly cryptic, confusing question. I don't think so. You ignored them last week. That's accurate, yeah. They had, I think, two questions last week. One of them was a legitimate question as well. Well, I... And you completely <laughs> blanked them. I was actually really disappointed. I was looking forward to hearing the answer. We were running long on time, and we're running long on time today as well, so we're going to push right past that. Oh, oh, wow. They've got a second part, so I'll get... Well, all right. The second part, to add to that, have you ever been ghosted? I think Tom Rockliffe and Michael Hibbert are ghosting me. They've um, even very, very um, conveniently given us a definition for ghosted. The possibly urban dictionary definition of ghosted, which <laughs> is uh, ghosted with that weird spelling way of doing it that they use. Yeah. Um, noun, to be ignored or not having anyone respond to your opinion and disregarding your remark, leaving you feeling insignificant. So Tommy Rockliffe and Michael Hibbard, well, they are. They're ghosting us this year. They, Absolutely. I feel extremely ghosted by Hibbard. I'm not sure if that's the correct <laughs> use of the word. But I feel really bad for the uh, keeper league owners of those players. Uh, I know you're a Michael Hibbard one. but I benched him this week. How bad would you feel as an owner of Tom Rockliffe in a keeper league? Or Pretty bad. Even, even a redraft league, If a lot, like a lot of people, you took him in that second, third round. Yeah, I, I would feel very bad for the Rockliffe owners, particularly in the keeper league, because That's, that would have been first yeah. round. That probably would have been the first couple of 
picks. Oh, if you made, if you did your original draft in the last five years, or maybe in the last six or seven years even, Tom Rockliffe would have been the first couple of picks. Um, that, and that hurts. That is just I know Hibbert is hurting me a lot, yeah. but Rockliffe would be even worse. So they, they are ghosting us, and it sucks, but look, we got to move on. You, uh, you got to move on out there. Uh, <laughs> we'll move on. Another question from AFL Fantasy Nerd, asking, I have both... Parker and Cripps in my midfield. Should I prioritise fixing up rookies or fixing up these two? If you have rookies that need fixing, do that first. Do that first, Because yeah. that will help you long-term. You'll mm-hmm. need that cash generation in the second half of the year. Yes, and Park, now. Parker's just come off a pretty good game as well, so his yeah. price will hold and you know he might go up and down, but he'll be good for another but Parker and Cripps have the potential to score really well. Yeah. So unless you have a really strong gut feeling they're not going to do well this mm-hmm. week, I'd be... Leaving him be. Yeah, I, I have no issue with just leaving them for a little while. And look, Cripps did get tagged this week, but he could come out and get 100 or to 110 next week quite easily. Yep. Especially against West Coast, who, let's face it, they don't have the greatest midfield in the world. And lo- looks like Luke Chewy is going to be missing this week as well. Uh, yeah, I heard he was a bit sore, but so, it's not been announced yet whether he'll No, no. But uh, yeah, for us, Dex definitely prioritise fixing up the rookies. And last question actually from Jackson Connor is asking... Billings to Robbie Gray worth it uh, will help in all buy rounds and since he'll be able to cover his buy that way. I like it. Yeah, so do I. I like it. Billings is, we've spoken about him already, Mm -hmm. um, that we think if you feel he's going to be top six at the end of the year, you hang on to him because then that way the cash doesn't matter. Yep. If you're not convinced anymore and you want to move him on though, sooner rather than later probably, and I like Robbie Gray as somebody to move on to because yeah. we're quite impressed with what he's been doing and I do like the fact that he does cover you for those buy rounds so do I uh, the only thing that uh, I would suggest there is this is if you don't have so much to do because if you've got a lot of issues if you've got any injuries if you've got any rookies that still need fixing for some reason or another those are things that you definitely should put ahead of this yep. I, I would suggest yep. um, and I actually have uh, another question from Tom yep um uh, all right, so this is a couple of potential trades, and he wants to know our thoughts. Okay. Um, so, uh, Mike Murphy and Liam Duggan for Nunes. Oh. And this is a keeper league. Uh-huh. And the other one is Hurley for Heppel. Hurley for Hurley for Heppel. <sighs> yep. So, Tom is giving up Murphy, Duggan, and Hurley. He's getting Nunes and Heppel. Okay, so he's, this, is, this is a couple of different trades. A couple of different trades. on the others. But... Same keeper league. He's zero four at the moment, and he's low on mids. So he's zero four, low on mids, and he is getting Heppel and, and Noons and Noons, giving up Murphy, Duggan, and Hurley. All right, that I, is I like it. Yeah. Based on the context of he wants to to get some wins, and yeah. he needs the mids. Yeah. Um, Liam Ryan, I think you can probably not Liam Ryan, Liam Duggan. I think. Um, I started the year with him in keepers. I don't think he's going to develop the way that I hoped he would this year at least, so I'm happy to move him on. Yep. Um, Murphy's out for a month. Um, so if you're not ready to write this year off yet, yep. um, he's a big name to move on, but yeah, I, I, if you're willing to. I don't, I don't mind it because you are getting a good player, and, and Heppel has been in really good form this year. So. Yep. You're chasing a little bit because Hurl is probably going to be one of the better defenders at the end of the That's year. That's the one that really hurts a bit. So it depends on the strength of your defence there, Tom. So if you can cover him? If you can cover him in terms of getting a pretty consistent score out of one of your other players you're bringing onto the defence, 
no issue whatsoever with doing that because having uh, Noons and Heppel will definitely help you out there. Yeah, right. So that that is the uh, last of the questions. It so is. we're going to move on to our favourite game, which is Risk It for the Biscuits. Uh, well, it, it wasn't really our favourite game last week because here, geez, it was it was not much fun. <laughs> there was a lot of risking, and there were no biscuits last week. Yeah, it so. Was, um, Mitch McGovern and Jake Waterman for me were both bam, fail, bam, fail. Bam, bam. Um, and Brody covered for me and came up with Caulfield and Jurey, who were also bam, bam, just just not good, not good, not, <laughs> not, good. not great choice. Um, and I did note last week you guys weren't sure who was winning um, because you didn't have the leaderboard. Yes, in here, yep. I have included your point from Tom Stewart two weeks ago. Appreciate it. The score is currently three to one in your favour. There we go. So I'm still ahead in the Risk It for the Biscuit Cup, which you still haven't made a trophy for. It will happen one day. I hope it does, because I did win last year. (laughs) Um, So uh, I think it might actually be your turn to go first, which I'm really worried about. (coughs) Yes, um, it certainly is. And you should be, because there were not a lot of good options this week. Yeah, all right. Go first. Go on. Go on. All right. So... My first selection, um, owned by 40% of teams. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. And started by 28% of teams at the moment, a forward from the Eagles, Jamie Cripps. Oh, that's sad. Oh, this man. Actually, no, no. He's, His he's scores actually this been year reasonably have been 50, 79, 74, and 96. So he's had some consistent scoring in the last three. Now, his next game is against Carlton. Ooh, Carlton have tasty. given up the single most amount of points of any team this year. The Eagles are the fourth highest scoring team of any this year. Which is really weird. Like Players like Shannon Hearn have really helped out because he's going at an average of something like 90-something. No, no, it's higher than that. It's about 104 or 130. He's, he's one of the top scoring defenders of the year. So anyway, Jamie Cripps... Uh, Good matchup on paper. Yes. Yep. Um, the Carlton defence is in shambles at the mm-hmm. moment, and their midfield is potentially even worse with Murphy out. Yep. So I can see the Eagles getting a lot of the ball and pumping it in long. Uh, there being a lot of crumbs for Cripps to feast on. Yep. Yeah, I agree. That's my so, first selection. Yeah, I think that's a great selection. So I am going to choose a 28% owned forward from the Richmond Tigers. We talked about him a little bit earlier, and that is Jason Castagna. Ooh, interesting. Castagna is, like I said, owned by 28% of leagues or, uh, of teams. Uh, he's playing against Melbourne this week, who are, or, well, let's just face it, they have been pretty woeful, to be honest. They have been, but they have not been good fantasy scoring games. Yeah. But team. he does have a good, so he's had a score in the 20s in round two, like 29, mm-hmm. but he's also scored 79, 80, and 99. That's very impressive, actually. That is quite impressive. And I think that they may, again, if they start to get on top of the Demons, which I think that they will, put Dusty Martin a fair bit forward this week and let Castagna roll through the midfield a little bit more. So for me, I reckon that Jason Castagna is going to have a great week and he's someone to put on your forward. Yeah, definitely play him in your forward line on the field. The only thing I would say, Richmond has scored the third least amount of points this year. And Melbourne have given up the fourth least amount of points this year. Ooh, and tough. Melbourne are going to bounce back this week because they are going to be, they're going to have a fire lit under them after last week. They, they might, but they might not. They might also be just sort of, yeah. So I, I think this is a pretty risky pick for you. Yeah, I'm, it's called risk it for the biscuit for a reason, Matt. I'm probably right. going to get a sweet two points out of it. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> I'd be extremely upset if that happens. All right, who's your second pick, mate? This is the one I really struggled with. Um, so I have gone with 
a centre-forward DPP player from the Dogs. Oh, no, no. 35% owned. No, good, good. 24% started. Okay. Lin Jong. Lin Jong. All right, there we go. Uh, so, I Lin Jong. i for a second because I also have a doggy pet. <laughs> oh, it would have been great if I stole them. <laughs> uh, so, Lin Jong has had 70 and 79 in his two previous games. Mm-hmm. Now, he plays Frio this round. Frio averaged the second most points given up after four rounds. And surprisingly, the dogs actually have the seventh highest scoring side. So, mm-hmm. they are scoring a bit. Frio are giving up a lot. They are. Plus, Frio are back to that sort of contested game style that they had a few years ago. Lots of contests, lots of stoppages, lots of tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the sort of game that Lin Jong thrives in. Yeah, he does. He's a, he's a good young player, to be honest, but uh, he just needs a consistent run at it, doesn't he? So I think that's a good choice for this week. And you made sort of the same points that I was going to make in terms of why I chose this player, mm-hmm. uh, because Frio are going to give up a lot of points. I think being on a bigger ground does suit the doggies as well. Optus yeah. Stadium, while it's not as big as uh, Subi used to be, it is still quite a large ground. Uh, and I've gone with Mitch Honeychurch, who is Ooh. 17% owned. Honeychurch. <laughs> we, uh, you say that probably because we picked him a couple of times last he's year. He's never delivered. He's never delivered, but he's going to deliver for me never this week, mate. It's going to happen. So... Uh, obviously, one of the rules of uh, Risk It for the Biscuit, aside from just the fact that they have to be under 50% owned, is that we can't have chosen them before this year. We should probably explain the point of it as well, shouldn't we? Oh, yeah. We, we didn't do that this oh, week, we, did we? Oh, that's okay. We've got, we've got those consistent listeners out there now who know what the rules of this game are. But the point is to try and find someone out there who will make that point of difference for you for this one week. If you've got an injury, if you've got a, uh, a win that you're chasing, maybe against the uh, top side of your league, uh, and you desperately need someone to walk in and get a really good score, these are the guys we feel are going to be available to you, who you can take a risk on. Um, and for me, I reckon Mitch Honeychurch is going to do that. He looked good this week. He looked like he was really getting around the ground. He just needs a, a good run at it, a good go in the team. Um, he has had scores of, a couple of scores in the 70s this year as well. Look, I, I reckon I'm still not convinced, but we'll see how he mate, goes. Mate, mate. Uh, I, uh, I am... Uh, I'm, we were all pretty high on Honeychurch a couple of years ago when he was a rookie first starting. He just hasn't come on, though. He hasn't. I reckon this will be a good game for Honeychurch, though. Okay. So we shall see. We will find out next week. So we have uh, Jamie Cripps and Lin Jong versus Castagna and Honeychurch. I'm not happy about any of those. I actually am um, not hating mine for once, which is unusual. <laughs> uh, aren't you? Aren't you? All right. We'll find out. Well, I am 3-1 up, so I'm pretty happy with all of my picks that I've done so far. Comparatively. <laughs> Famous last words, my friend. I look, forward, last words. I look forward to this trophy being made up for me. So we'll, uh, we'll end the podcast there for this week. Thanks again for joining us. And uh, next week, obviously, we'll be back. We'll be, try and be back on a Monday night as well. Um, for Although we may be held up by the, uh, the elongated round this week. We'll probably week. still do Monday. We'll just only have seven games to review. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the downside there. And then we'll come back in and do a mega podcast the week after. Uh, so look forward to having you all join us then. And, of course, uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, jump on and give us a rating. We'd love it. Uh, have those questions. Yeah, definitely. Just uh, have If a we have time, we'll respond. <laughs> if we don't, we'll cover them in the next pod. Definitely. Uh, have a great weekend of fantasy for you guys. We'll see you later.